Well, hello, and welcome to Remember God Loves You, and I'll meet you at the finish line. Well, I hope you guys are having a blessed day, because I know I am, because today is a day that the Lord hath made, and we shall rejoice and praise and be glad in it. And God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. You know, I want to tell you how wonderful God is. You know, I just want to take some time because he's so wonderful to us. And a lot of us tend to overlook on that. A lot of us tend to look on the sense of how beautiful God is and the importance of being faithful unto him. You know, I think it's important that we also take a look at what he's done in your life. I can definitely can tell you that God has done wonderful things in my life. He's done wonderful things that so I would spend hours talking to you about the wonderful things he's done. How many times he saved me. How many times I've purposely walked away from him. But there is one purpose. There's one time I'm going to tell you about it. The best time when my life was forever changed. And it's not when I was forcibly changed. It was when I was ready to accept him. I was so low in my life where the only person I needed was God. And that God was the only solution to my problem. And that I was opened up my arms and I cried upon him and I said, Lord, where are you, O Lord? I need you. And just when I cried out and I said, Lord, you're so merciful unto me. I don't deserve your love, but you promised me everlasting life. I want to be a changed man. And sure enough, I accepted Jesus Christ at that moment. And my life has forever been changed. How my life has forever been changed is now, when a person that, when you change your life, you have a person that you think differently, you act differently. You also know what is right and wrong. And if you mess up, you have a sense of conviction that rushes over you. And a sense of conviction, knowing that the decision that you're about to make is it godly? Is it going to bring people? To, is it going to bring people together, or is it going to drive people away? Or you're going to fight for something that is right. You're going to fight for something that is noble, that is Christ worthy. And does that mean we're you're going to be put in uncomfortable situations? And yes, I want to touch on that because here's why this correlates with today's reading. The uncomfortable situations are good. I tell people, and I have told people today and these past couple weeks, it is good that I have been uncomfortable lately. Because when you're uncomfortable, it means that you're going to be more reliant on God for strength. Your prayer, your prayer language is going to be different. Instead of, Lord, I thank you for my day, it is, Lord, help me to get through this day. Lord, help me to be a servant unto you. Lord, I pray that no matter the circumstances I'm faced, I pray that I can somebody can see Christ through me. That is the prayer that is changed. And when you pray that prayer, you'd be surprised of the people that come towards you. You'd be surprised how the lives you impact and how you now look at Christ differently. Instead of looking Christ as a person you go for help, you look you look up to Christ and say, Lord, give me the right words to touch this person's life. Lord, give me the right prayer language. Give me the right prayer so I can impact this person's life because you're a merciful father.
When you have that in mind, you're going to impact lives that you never impacted before. Because you are covered by the Holy Spirit and you are covered by a hedge of angels. And that's where it leads to today. And it's talking about enemies. And <clears throat> is it good? Um, like the enemies might be a hindrance, might be an addiction, might be alcohol, might be pornography, might be other things that is meant to deter you away from Christ. It might be praying for somebody. And with this in mind, we're going to start, start off with a word of prayer. And then we have Romans 12 to open up with. Dearly Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. We thank you that we can just come here in reverence of you, Lord. Lord, I just pray that whatever we do, whatever plans that you have for us, we can be blessed by you, Lord. Help us not to be afraid. Help us not to be fearful of you. Fear God, Lord. Let us fear you, Lord. Because when we fear you, we're gonna, we don't want to let you down. When we fear you, O Lord, we're going to show mercy to others. When we fear you, Lord, we're going to be loving and we're going to lean upon you for guidance. But Lord, I just pray that you can just look at our hearts and ask for a heart of repentance. I pray that we don't look at enemies in the wrong way. I pray that we don't look at our hearts and we don't look at addictions to control us. I pray that doesn't conquer our hearts because you are a merciful Father. May you guide us and protect us on this wonderful day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. So in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, we read, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. Verse 2, I absolutely love verse 2 of chapter 12. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then we'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So before, we were, had to be conformed to this world. We had to be afraid. We, we were afraid of saying, well, what happens if I go against what my friends think? Or what happens if I think differently? Am I going to lose friends? See, we can't be looking upon that. We have to look above that. Because when we conform to the world, we're going to be cut off. When we conform to the world, we're going to be saying, oh, I can be a Christian. I, I'm a Christian. But when I, when I see this person, I, I turn away. Or when somebody comes up and asks you to pray, oh, well, I'm going to turn away because I don't want to have my friends look at me differently. I've done that before. I've, I was with my friends before and this one individual came up to me and he said, can you pray for me? And because I didn't want to lose that friend, I said, no, 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 I'm good. Because I was afraid of what they're going to say. Or when something was being proposed, when a decision was being made, I could have, there were times when decisions were being made and said, oh, I don't want to anger them because they're my neighbor. Oh, I don't want to upset them because I want, don't want to lose friends. But now, as we grow in a world that is becoming godless, it is more than evident that we don't conform to the world because the moment that we conform to the world is going to be too late. The moment we conform to the world, we never know when Jesus is coming back. That's the big promise. 
Jesus might come back tonight. He might come back right now. He might come back in the next couple days. So when we conform to the word, we're going to say, okay, God, I don't need you at this time, but next time, next year, maybe I'll need you. Oh, God, I'm going to put you on the back burner because I don't want to have my friends. I don't want to lose my friends. So I'm going to put you on the back burner. That's conforming to the world because a lot of Christians do that, whether you like it or not. And this is the hardest part in Romans, Romans chapter 12, verse 3. It is humble humility. Verse 3 states, verse three states For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith uh, faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the members. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. I absolutely love that because that means a lot. Especially when you find a when you find a church, when you find a church body, or when you find a group that is Christ centered, and you wonder, God, how do I how do I contribute? What can I contribute to this church? You know, I pray that you can just go into prayer with that because God will resolve an answer. And sometimes God will place upon your heart, like if you're good at speaking, maybe teaching a Sunday school would be more of your area. Because you're blessing the next generation. Or maybe if it is rebuilding the church. If you're good at carpentry. Maybe rebuilding some of the church. Building a wall. Because no work is too great for God. No work is bad for God. Because when you work and when you show your love. And when you show your hard work. Jesus sees that. And when you do it with 100%. Not 50%. For instance. If a pastor tells you. Hey, Sas, or if a pastor told me, hey, Saslin, go out and serve the needy. And I'm like, ah, okay, I guess I'll do that. And then you give like 20%. That's going to be seen by other people. And people aren't going to see Christ through you. Now, if you're like, if the pastor says, hey, Saslin, go serve the needy. And you're like, okay, I'll do that. And you give 100%. And you glorify God through it. God, people will see that. And they're going to say, okay, I want that whatever he has. I want that love. And I want that, that, that loving father that they have. Because whatever they have, I want it. Because I want the, the love, the mercy that is given. And this is where it leads to love. Love in action. Putting your love into like practice. And what is showing love? This is the hardest concept for me. Now, I don't mean loving your significant other, loving your enemies, loving the people that you don't like, and even going to an unprecedented area that you think of loving them, 
Loving people that probably think differently from you. Verse 9 reads, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. Never be lacking. Never be lacking in zeal. But keep yourself spiritual. Favor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. That is where my Bible verse, my life verse, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Patient in affliction. Be patient. If you, if you're, if God calls you to testify in front of your school board, or if God calls you to testify in front of a, your community, be patient. And don't be anxious. Be faithful in prayer. Be faithful leading up to and say, Lord, I need your guidance. Lord, I know this is going on in my community. I pray that you you can speak through me. And because anyway, you might get nervous, but when you're nervous, you are growing in your walk with God. When you're nervous, you're clinging on to him like you've never clinged on to, like your parents. You know, and sometimes... When clinging on to our parents isn't enough, so we cling on to our nervous, our anxiety. But the cool thing is that when we love God and we have a, when we have a relationship with Jesus, we then cling on to God. We, we then cling on to his promises, knowing that our time on earth is so short. Because verse 13 continues on, states, Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospi- hospitality. Practice being kind. Practice being kind in your words. Now, I have slipped up multiple times. I've slipped up in anger a little bit. Because verse 14 states, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Amen. And amen. I just want to go back on verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. I know as a father, or I'm not a father, but I definitely can tell you if you're a parent or a parent-to-be, that can be so hard, especially in this day and age. Especially knowing that certain people are after your kids. And multiple people, decisions being made as something that you've never seen down the pike. And you wonder to yourself, how can this be? God, where are you through this? Why is this happening to me? How can I show why I get so bitterly angry, God? I pray that you can just not curse those people, but show mercy and show blessing. So I want to give you words of encouragement. Anyway, the people that you might not like, just bless those. Because when you bless them, you're planting a seed. When you talk to the enemy, for instance, if you don't like a political party, and you talk to the other side, all you can do is plant a seed. Because when you plant a seed, you're planting a seed of conviction. Because it's something that they have to think about. It is hard. Don't get me wrong. It's not a walk in the park. Because we lose friends when we do that. We're no longer, oh, you're no longer in the cool group. You're no longer in the group saying, 
oh, out a boy. You're in the group of saying, who, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are to talk in front of us? Well, I thought you were my neighbor. I thought you agreed with everything. I guess not. But we're here on earth not to agree with other people. We are here on earth to be a blessing to others. That's what we are on earth for. Verse 16, or continuing in verse 16, live harmony with another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on their head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Do not stoop down to their level, you can officially say. Do not go down to their level of insults. Just because they persecute you, they say horrible things, doesn't mean that you go and do the opposite. Doesn't mean that you go and say nasty things behind their backs. That doesn't mean at all. Instead, show grace and show mercy like God has shown you grace and mercy. Because at the end of the day, it is the evil, it is God's time to wrath. It is not and it is God's time to judge. We don't have to judge. All we have to do is being disciple others and plant seeds. And so this is where I it's, <clears throat> it's so hard for me to understand um, with enemies. A close enemy is opposition, uh, immediate or threats that aren't as easily recognizable as a distant enemy. Modestly, for example, it is a close enemy of humility. The distant of humility would be the opposite, namely pride. That is the thing that I want to touch on. The enemy of all of us would be pride. Pride in everything. Pride of thinking that we have to know everything and thinking that, uh, you know what? I don't, want, I don't want to embarrass myself. You know, pride in our ego. Pride in our thinking that we have to know everything. Think that we have to have an answer for everything. And that's the thing that I've learned over these past couple of days. And you'd be surprised when uh, you th- I, when I've testified in front of a couple of committees, you'd be surprised. I thought I read up on it, but then it seems like I fold up like a lawn chair right before, and God nudges me and says, Saslin, uh-uh, you're going to say something different. You're going to say something that is off the, off the books. Don't read your script. You know, you're going to say something different because somebody needs to hear the word of God. Don't say have a bl- don't say have a great day. Have a say have a blessed day, and start off with a tiny prayer, which you are throwing seeds out. That's what you, that's what I want you to do. I want to break you down. So we have at first glance a close enemy is a close desired equality, 
The truth is that the close enemy is still an enemy. Even though the enemies can look similar and it feels like connection is promoted, it actually destroys relationships and it leaves us alone and full of pain. Pride and the sense of thinking, I can do this by myself. Thinking, oh, I can resolve this marriage. I, I, can, I don't need God to help in my marriage. I don't need him to continue my life. I don't need him. Who is God to help me during this time? Where is he? He is with you at all times. All we have to do is get beyond that pridefulness. I've said that in my life multiple times because I'm more of one of those people saying, okay, you know what? I can do this all by myself. I don't need God. You know, God, I'm going to put you on the side when I really, really need you. And then what happens? I fold up like lunch and I fold over and all I need is God. I, and then instead of just saying, God, I need you, like I'm going to put you on the side. I'm going to be like, God, where are you? I need you as soon as possible. Amen. That's the thing that I've learned over these past couple of weeks. And that's where that development of faith, the relationship grows upon God. And I think it involves purifying your minds to be born again and die with the old and be born with the new or putting on new corrective lens to see how you can be a blessing to others. Amen and amen. So I want to end it here. And I just want to give you an opportunity to start a relationship with God. I want to give you an opportunity to just say sorry for the things you might have done. And I also want to give you words of encouragement to maybe fight for what is right. To know that you are not alone. To fight the addiction. Not by yourself, but with God. Because God will provide the right amount of help you need. With this in mind, we're going to wrap it up with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that we can just come here with heavy hearts. We come here with sadness. We come here with disparity. We come here questioning. We come here with supposedly pride. Well, we come here with prideful hearts. Prideful hearts knowing that, God, I don't need you at this moment in my life. Everything's all good. I'll need you when th things really get bad in my life. Lord, I don't need you until I hit the barrel, bottom of the barrel, Lord. Lord, I don't need you until, I don't need you, Lord, until something bad happens to me, until I, until I lose a major family member. Then I'll need you, Lord. Lord, I just pray that mindset gets knocked out of us, Lord. And Lord, I just pray that for my heart as well. Because I've fallen into that, Lord. I pray that we get out of our comfort zone. By, giving out of our, by getting out of our comfort zone, I pray that we can just go out, fight for what is right. Pray for somebody that we might have not prayed for at all this week. Interact with somebody that we've probably never interacted at work or at school. And I pray that that, pride, that prideful wall in us and that prideful sin can be knocked down, Lord. We can't knock it down by ourselves. Only you can. And that starts off by confessing our sins, Lord. So I pray for my heart that you can knock my pride down. That you rock, that you knock my pride down where I fall on my knees. And all I need is dependent upon you, Lord. 
Lord, I just pray that if it has, if it requires me feeling uncomfortable almost majority of the times, if it requires me to meet new people that I've never met before, if it involves me making speeches I've never made speeches before, Lord, if it involves me to pray for people that I've never prayed for, I pray that I can do that with you, Lord. For instance, I can do all things. For you give me the strength. It's not something I don't give myself strength. The, the bottle of alcohol doesn't give me strength. Maybe watching TV doesn't give me strength. Or maybe listening to pop music or doing something like going for a drive. That doesn't strengthen me, Lord. Or maybe I got to drink that extra Dr. Pepper. I got to drink. I got to give that extra high. I got to get whatever addiction I'm going through. Maybe that, that doesn't strengthen me, Lord. What strengthens me, Lord, is you, God, and focusing upon you. Because you are all we need during the times of trouble, during the times of unparalleled times that we are in, Lord, right now. We need you more than ever. And I pray that there's a great revival that comes out, Lord. I pray that people come to you. I pray for a revival right now. Lord, I just pray for the school boards around this nation. I just pray for our Congress and our government, Lord. Anyway, we sometimes think of them as the enemy, Lord. They're lost people. I pray that we can somehow interact with them, and I pray that we can impact their lives. Anyway, that might make feel lost. Anyway, that might make us feel uncomfortable, Lord. I pray that we look upon you during those uncomfortable moments, because you are with us. Lord, may you guide us and protect us as we continue on the path that you have set before us. So that when we cross our finish line, Lord, we can run into your arms and we can hear you say to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Well, with this in mind, guys, I hope you guys have a blessed day. And remember that God loves you so much and I'll meet you at the, and I'll meet you at the finish line. Bye.